What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. My name is Scott, coming at you live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. And I have a really fun, awesome, exciting episode for you guys tonight. I know we're going down some rabbit holes tonight, so I hope you're strapped in and ready for that. Uh, it's going to be quite the conversation. So um, before we get too far into it, I just want to take make a few announcements here, uh, show you guys a couple things that I want you to go check out. Um, so first of all, uh, my friend Zoe, who's been on the show, she's called into the Unjected show quite a bit. Uh, one of my favorite free freedom fighters out in Oregon uh, has done, she republished. So I wrote a three part, uh, I guess, three articles, part one, part two, part three, about uh, the link between vaccine, childhood vaccines and autism. Uh, and she republished those on her Substack. So if you want to go give her a follow, it's Zoe, Z-O-W-E dot Substack dot com. She's also the author of My Life and the Thrill Kill Medical Cult. That's the name of her Substack channel. And she's got a book coming out here very soon. Um, so go show her some love. Go sign up. Go read. If you did, if you missed those articles, go check them out. They're republished over there. It's really good stuff. Um, I was gonna do a part four, but I got pulled onto other projects. But maybe that'll that's still in the works. But uh, basically, part four is gonna was gonna be like an exploration to the modern state of the conversation around childhood vaccines and autism. So uh, definitely something I do want to get back into, but. First three parts are currently over on Zoe's Substack, zoe.substack.com. Go check it out. Uh, next, uh, just affiliates real quick. The Wellness Company, I'm going to start shouting these guys out, twc.health. Um, you got your spike support, uh, which is the natokinase uh, spike removal from all the shedding. And or if you are vaccinated, you want to get that crap out of your body. Uh, spike support is great for that. They've got a new, some like emergency kits. What is he? Yeah, med kits. Look at this. They got the COVID kit. They've got the, I just saw a thing for the travel kit. Where is that? Oh, yeah, the travel emergency kit. I need this for like my uh, handyman work. I need to get one of these for my handyman work. But anyway, if you guys use Rebunked News on the website as a code, you get a discount. Um, so that helps the show. If you guys are shopping at the wellness company anyway, just use Rebunked News as the code. That helps the show. Uh, also, truthtrs.com as a advanced TRS, it absorbs and eliminates the heavy metals that are in your body. Like, so that, you know, is something that we deal with constantly. Also, this came on my radar dealing with childhood vaccine injuries. I know that this goes a long way for helping bring children uh, back from, you know, vaccine injury and stuff. And it's just, just an all around amazing product for like just cleansing and detoxing all the heavy metals out of your system. So you don't need to do any coupon codes. If you just literally go to truthtrs.com and shop there, that helps me out. I built this website on top of my affiliate link. So this is... Uh, just, just go here, check it out. And uh, if you have any questions about it, let me know. There's some, it's just really awesome stuff. I have no positive things to say about it. Uh, the t-shirt shops on fire as always, you guys, uh, rebunk.news forward slash shirts, got all kinds of shirts, hoodies, $30 hoodies. You can't get a $30 hoodie anywhere in the universe. Okay. Except for my damn t-shirt shop. You got compliances, violence, censorship kills. You got the famous, uh, Beavis. Are you threatening me? Gadsden flag shirt. Right. And we got, uh, Lady shirts, stickers, hats, all that crap. Rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Help support the show that way. And then as far as following the show, just rebunk.news. You'll see links to all the stuff. You'll see the affiliate links there. Um, the Give, Send, Go, which I call the tip jar. If you guys just want to throw a tip in the tip jar on the Give, Send, Go, there's a link to that at rebunk.news. Again, any other value for value contributions because that's how the show stays afloat, man. Um, you got, I got to update these like float is out of business. I don't really post on gab, but anyway, there's all the social links right there. Um, on, uh, on good old, uh, rebunk.news and then all the video. Oh, what's up with this? Oh, I need to update that link too. Apparently. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go revisit this, but that's all right. In the meantime, rebunk.news, go check it out. And then the Substack, rebunk.substack.com. So this is the best way to stay up to date with the show. This is where you get email blasts about upcoming shows, announcements, um, as you can see, there's our current episode here. You've got all the links for our guests, the ancient ninja. You'll always find the links to our guests in the Substack, along with all, again, all of the ways to support the show here. Um, but, and, and you can upgrade to like a $5 a month subscription on the Substack. And you don't have to, like, it's totally free. I encourage you to sign up just to be on the list for free. But, you know, if you do want to help support the show, there is a way to 
upgrade your subscription that way. So anyway, all right, guys, thank you for hanging with me for the business. And I promise that's going to be it for today uh, in terms of that. But in the meantime, I want to bring in uh, my friend, the ancient ninja. What's going on? Hi. How are you? Good. Okay, good. Well, welcome. The, from the last tea. five minutes that we got done talking. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, it's really cool to see you again. Nice to catch up. Um, I've known you for, for a while on and off camera here behind the scenes. Like I've always known you to be a truth teller, uh, seeker of wisdom, ancient knowledge. Uh, and, and, and it's just been so cool to watch your journey, like really stepping up to the plate. And, uh, you're just on my family thinks I'm crazy with a uh, good old Mark shout out to Mark over there. And, uh, and it sounds like you've got some other awesome stuff in the works as well. And I'm just like, uh, stoked to see your, uh, journey as a broadcaster, a podcaster, uh, someone who a disseminator of truth. Um, so, you know, congrats on all that. You want to give the folks a little bit of background about you and just kind of let the folks know what they need to know. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I was just actually telling somebody the other day about you and how you were like pretty much the beginning of my, my journey of putting myself out there. You really encouraged it when you cool. met, you were like, you got to talk about this stuff and you got to just go for it. So, uh, you built me. There you um, go. Awesome. <laughs> no, um, you know, I'm just a small town girl born and raised in South Detroit. I like taking midnight trains going, uh, going nowhere. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so I'm the ancient ninja. My name's L. I go by L. Uh, you can call me the ancient ninja too. doesn't matter. I'll answer to both. I, um, I actually was born where Scott now currently lives, Nashville, Tennessee. And I moved out to the mountains to be a, a real mountain girl. Um, I recently started this podcast, but I've always been into ancient text and uh, philosophy. You know, I'm a poet, so I'm just, I love history. I love talking about weird things and just like hashing things out. So I'm glad that it's kind of becoming a bit more popular now. Um, I do miss the exclusivity a little bit of like being like the cool person that was into the cool things that everybody's into. But, you know, inevitably that's how it has to go for humanity to get to the point where it needs to be. So, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and for you to have me on. Heck yeah, that's awesome. I love that. You know, it's a very, this is the greatest time to get into it. You know what I mean? Like, I can't tell you, one of the things that I have a passion for is like helping people start their projects, like their podcasts, like working with them behind the scenes, show them about like RSS, like podcast distribution stuff and like all the different elements that goes into making a successful podcast from like a producer standpoint. You know, and, and so many people like the main objection I hear is people saying, oh, there's already like so many podcasts out there. Like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, but no, like that is the worst attitude in the world. Like for one, like, yeah, there might be a million podcasts out there, but we don't have yours. We don't have, you know, whatever it is that you bring to the world and have something to offer. And if you have something on your heart to share or, or, or a, and we all have a unique perspective, we're all nodes in this thing, you know? And so we all bring something to the table and it's really important for all of us to step up and just flood them with as much as we have to offer. So on Absolutely. that aspect of it, it's really important. Um, but also I think this particular era of time, like this, we're in the middle of like the great awakening of humanity, so exciting, huh? you know, it's like, it's the way I look at it. It's like so many people that I look up to kind of made their bones as they say, or like kind of got popular and kind of just, uh, got a bunch of steam and momentum in like the post nine 11 era, like the early, like the mid two thousands where it was like, you know, all these wars and it was like financial crashes. Like these people were on the front lines reporting on that and kind of like, there's that generation of truthers, right. That kind of came well. And then there's the generation before them. Right. So it's like these world events kind of, force the truthers to come out of the, out of the woodwork. And then they kind of get are, are associated with like that era. Right. And I feel like we're all kind of like the COVID era of truthers. Right. So well, I came that's about. A, that's the important thing about understanding truth is you understand it works uh, cohesively with time. So yeah. it, it's very important that even though people were perhaps blasting off and speaking how they wanted to, you know, maybe it was agendas being pushed because the awakening, you know, it's sacked up. It, it is written, um, Mac tub, I said sacked up, <laughs> yeah. but so it, it's important that truth is spoken at a certain time. And I think back then, even though a lot of real things were being said, people weren't in the place to receive it. So then yeah. it made it when it was time for people to receive it even harder for them to do so, because at this point they're almost desensitized to the kind of stuff. And it's, um, you know, I was telling someone the other day that mental abilities have been glorified and, uh, mental, uh, or I'm sorry, mental illness has been glorified and mental abilities have been like, you know, shunned. 
And it's very odd where we live in because people are like, if you're actually mentally ill, it's something that's created as a part of your character. But if you have mental abilities, then people look at you like you're crazy. They don't want to hear it. Um, and it's it's a very interesting thing to see to see the world do. And I, I think it is because often that we've been living in a society where the truth was spoken either a little bit too soon or a little bit too late. So I'm proud of us for being a part of the era that is speaking it right in the right moment. Oh, I know. It feels so good. I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I just absolutely love it. You hit on something that was very interesting there. It's like, um, so yes, our society, it's like the vic- the victim Olympics. It's like, who can be the biggest victim, right? And and mental illness is glorified in, in, in every way possible. It's like the more mentally ill you are, the the bigger, uh, the more the more that you are uh, pitied or sympathized. Like, I think it's like almost like a it's almost like the way for white people to get an edge in the victimhood Olympics. It's like, Oh, I can become a, I can just become a trans trans. And now I win, I win all the black people that have had to deal with like systemic racism for all these years. Like they don't, their issues don't even have to matter now because now I'm a trans woman. And my oppression is a million times worse than anything that's ever happened to any black family in the history of the world. So there you go. Well, often when you look into it deeper too, it really dates back to childhood um, and the fact that the the childlike innocence of our society is pretty much obliterated. So people um, are starving for that type of attention. And often I don't even think maybe it's sometimes that it's like, because it is, there is a victim, a victim mentality Olympics, you know, aspect like to it when it comes to the game of life. Also, I think it, it, it's, it stems back to a lot of people not being fulfilled or answered in their childhood. So now Mm. all of those things, whether traumas or incidents that went on, however it was in their life, something that really broke them now is glorified by society because we, we let childhood go so soon and people are happy with it. You see nowadays people are letting children have their childhoods just taken away from them in their innocence and they're not embarrassed about it at all. They're not like, oh no, we need to let a child keep their innocence. In fact, people are like, no, you need to grow up. And so now you see all these people that are like very mentally ill and they have things that are going on with them and we're all kind of fighting about it because really we just lost the ability to be pure and authentic toward each other. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, how do we get back to that? Do you think? I think, do you think that there's hope? Like, I feel like, we, I feel like, I feel like, okay, so my experience has been over the last few years, it's like what I thought were important relationships obviously weren't. And then all of the people that I needed in my life, like kind of emerged, you know what I mean? And so it's like, I think that we're burning off the things that no longer serve us or are useful to us. And and we're really reinforcing the things that are right. So just getting back to the way that we were meant to be treated, it's not going to like going to be a universal thing, but it's going to be enriched within our own tight little circles that are becoming even more and more valuable because all of the nonsense has been burned away. All the people that were just parasites that I didn't even realize it before, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's forging real relationships and real connections. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as it's happening to you, it's happening to everybody else. It's so yep. incredible how that's that's seeming to work with our, our, I wouldn't say generation, maybe the people of our time right now that are in this current moment that are speaking, you know, their view of things, speaking their truth, yeah. so to speak. Um, it's happening to us in our personal lives. And then as a society, it seems to be happening as well. Um, just because what you said, you know, people have kind of went through the mush, they went through the muck and they're ready to almost it's like the point where you go through so much and and it happens with age a lot often in your life that you just you crave only the authenticity only the best only the most genuine uh because you're just kind of tired of putting yourself through that torture and at the end of the day that's what it is you're just you're torturing yourself if you keep going on with something that isn't fully serving you and um giving back to you in that way exactly exactly so so you kind of um came through all this, like uh, you said, reading ancient texts and drawing parallels between some of the things that you read and then what we're seeing in society today. Like what, what were some of the things that stick out in your mind? Like some of the key revelations that you had, like when you first started connecting dots from like ancient texts to like, you know, things that were happening in modern society. Well, I found that the Bible, you know, is a very, very key one, not because it's the Bible and it might be people's, you know, book of life. And we all, we all have our own Bible, so to speak, something that guides Mm -hmm. us like Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. You know, everybody has like their book that they might say guides them. The Bible in a sense is the one I really started with because obviously it's, 
what it is. I found out through over time, there's multiple versions of the Bible. There's parts yeah. of it that were deemed Gnosticism, uh, very, very many intricacies with the Bible. But after I started being into the Bible, I was then like, okay, well, this can't be the only ancient text. And I started exploring and over the past 10 years have explored pretty much. I mean, there's always more to find out and all more to know, but I've I explored, I would say majority of the main ones, the ones that are most influential and um, important. And I found connections within them all main ones that point back to the Bible, um, things that kind of line up and um, all have a common theme. And so you also find the common the common theme that's reflected within the Bible, within all these other, there's always, you know, the bad guy and the good guy. There's always these multiple components of like angelic beings, things like that. Everything has similarities and aspects. So after studying that and being a part of it so long, it just, it really kind of helps you break down other aspects of your life and really start understanding things from a perspective that you won't get unless you put in that diligent research and that time to understand things. So yeah, just, just over time reading stuff. And I never stop reading stuff that recently the CIA documents are the newest adventure of mine that yeah. I started. Um, just because I, I was curious to see the government and how much effort they put into these things. And when you look into it, you realize this is all they do actually yep. um, government and uh, Royal families, cults, all those kind of things. Cult is short for culture. So that, that word has been taken and, and um, adapted through the epitopology of things. Epitomology. Can't ever say that word. Etymology. Etymology. I can never say that word the first time, um, but that's just how words work, right? They're always going to be, changing and evolving um but so all of those are occult practices even within the government so when you start really reading the stuff the government does you understand oh these ancient texts all of these books the government's not just kind of studying these this is the entire operation of how things work it's merely just kind of like a a leg of the ancient shadow so to speak of the the thing that's been going through humanity and you know the spiritual side of stuff so yeah it's really interesting yeah, definitely. And you know what's so interesting too? So like you sent me this, like maybe we'll pull it up here. Let's let's get into this. So this is what we were talking about right before we went live. It's the uh, yeah. psychic phenomena for military use. Yeah. Tell us about this. You know, and then what I was gonna say too is like what's so interesting is like when you start digging through the CIA archives on the website, what you find is like a lot of these documents that have been declassified. They're like from the sixties, seventies, eighties. And it's like they were doing this stuff like 40 years ago, dude. Do you think they stopped? Was there ever any accountability? Did anybody go to jail? Was there any oversight put in place? Was there any uh, like uh, committees that were said, hey, maybe we should stop the CIA from doing all these crazy psychic experiments? No, none of that happened. So, uh, yeah, if you if you think that they're not still doing this shit with modern technology or technology beyond our ability to comprehend, you're an idiot. But let's see what they were talking about in 1985. <laughs> oh, yeah. And well, that's kind of where I say the um, the desensitization came, because since people were talking about this so long ago, um, back in the early 2000s, you had so your whistleblowers or whatever. Now, in 2024, when you talk about CIA declassified documents, people are like, OK, <laughs> yeah. so what? who cares? And it's just like they're just over it. You know, they don't. They don't want to talk about it anymore, but we're just going to have to um, have people like you and I who say, well, I don't care if you don't care. You're going to know this. And eventually it's going to be something that alarms you or teaches you both, most likely. Um, yeah. So this document, the it's it's called Superpowers Said Studying Psychic Phenomena for Military Use. Um, I was just going through a bunch of different stuff because I like. I'm such a nerd. I spend my time just geeking out, going on these websites, like looking through yeah. um, because they, you know, most people aren't doing that. Most people aren't taking their time to do that. Um, so it's a very interesting document. It goes into how they were studying psychic people and they actually created a machine that they used to extract energy from the brain and use it as a death beam. Literally, mm. this is it says the first line. Scientists use a machine to extract a mysterious form of energy from the brain and use it as a death beam. Wow. So, yep, so right they're there, basically folks. learning. Right there, folks. Right there, folks. Oh, yeah. I can't highlight, and, but yeah. And like me and you were talking about earlier, they always say Soviets in these documents. Yeah. I'm not really sold that it's actually Soviets. They just like to use that as a cop out because they don't want to. They're like, these are narcissists. So they're going to be like, it was Jimmy. It wasn't me. You know, like that's kind of what they're doing with the whole like Soviet thing. Um, yeah. It could be, but. That's neither here nor there, but you, you go down and, um, what'd you say? I was just saying like psychic Soviet death rays. It's, yes. like, it's like, look, Bob, the the Soviets have psychic death rays. So we need to fund our operation. You know, we need more. Another money good year. point. Yeah. A use for war as well. They're like, this yeah. is why we have to fight Russia. 
Yeah, exactly. You always have to have the boogeyman. <laughs> you always have to have the perceived enemy, the invisible, uh, all-knowing, all-powerful um, enemy out there that we need to, and you know, we need to build up our. We need we need to justify trillions of dollars of military spending to combat and defeat, right? And now, oh my gosh, like they figured out the the granddaddy of them all. It's like, oh, now we have like you remember how we were doing that with the communists and the Soviets and the uh, the Al Qaeda, like they were the invisible boogeyman. What if we did all that same shit, but it was against viruses? And they're like, whoa, now you're talking. And, you mean, and we could just like invent a new virus like every week, man. Like, oh, my God. So anyway, it's well, the same, same <laughs> script over and over and over. And they just start inventing themselves as well, viruses, after a while, because everybody's yeah. so dirty and disgusting. Um, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good point, too. Like, it's just used for justification of, like, war games and things to, like, keep people more divided and make them think. When it's like, do you really think our corrupt government, if they knew that they could extract energy from psychic brains and use it as death beams, they wouldn't be doing that shit? Of course yeah. they would. Of course. You know, they misery loves company. They they have an ultimate enemy, so they have to make us have one too. That's really what it is at the end of the day, and they're dragging us into their drama. And frankly, I'm talking to you. I don't like it. So No. <laughs> no. It's really crazy yeah. though. I mean, it's and it's so what do you, what are your thoughts on why do they declassify something like this? Like you are you familiar with the concept of the limited hangout, right? The idea, so a limited hangout is basically they're going to give you a nice little juicy chunk of information so that you think in your head, oh, look at this. I've gotten the whole truth. But really, it's about 10% of the truth. But it's it's to pacify you so that you go about and you just go on with your life thinking that, oh, I've gotten all the information I need out of this particular thing. So it's just basically to just it's just like to keep people quiet. And it's like, okay, quiet, go away sort of thing. So why, I mean, what are your thoughts on like, why would they publish something like, why would they make this available to the public where it says, yeah, Hey, look, it's our psychic experiments making death rays out of brain energy. Like what is the point of declassifying something like that? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, the thing is, is the, the whole, whole saying the truth is out there. Um, yeah. It is because it's essentially sometimes she Scott, I argue with the perspective that perhaps it's like a, a grand test to just see how curious kitten we are. Like if we put all the information out there and we have every angle and you still are buying this bullshit, like how long are you going to buy it until it's like, it's right in your face and we're showing you, is it some yeah. kind of sick mind game or also is it the fact that there are laws of nature, right? There are 12, there, there, there were seven, there are 12 now, 12 universal laws of nature. And it's not necessarily um, something that you can control or enforce. It's just things that exist. And um, one of those are going to, you know, more than one of those are going to go into the detail of why things like this are released simply because it has to be put out there. It's something yeah. that, it, you know, some people say, oh, maybe it clears their conscious. I don't think as a maybe. whole collective they have conscious. I think it's just like eventually they got to operate by this law of, okay, we said after 20 years we'll declassify these documents. These totally. documents are declassified. It's done. It's out there. We're finished with it. Most people are too stupid. They're not going to read it anyways. And yep. when you look into these documents, you realize they truly believe that that most people are too stupid and they will not yeah. believe it anyway. It, you so can, who cares? You can put it right in their face. I got a great example of it. I don't know if, if, if I showed you this before, but this is uh, my personal, like one of my favorite examples of what we're talking about. It was like, they could literally put it on a silver platter right in front of you and, and people still be like, Oh, okay. Have you seen Hello. this? So, so this is on the YouTube channel this is the the literal world government summit official checkmark <laughs> channel the world government summit right look so this is a freeze frame from the world government summit 2022 okay world government summit 2022 and there and, and the, the title of the video on the official world government summit channel is are we ready for a new world order that is the title of the video now if you look there's a fact check on here that says the new world order is a term used in several conspiracy theories, which hypothesizes a secretly emerging totalitarian world government. And it's like, it's, it's, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's, 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 it's not secretly emerging. It's the world government <laughs> summit. And they're asking, are we ready for a new world order? I mean, that's why I really call like the AI element, the ancient yeah. shadow, because it's AI is absolutely ancient because you see this and you're like, this is not human. Like, are we all just going to pretend like you guys aren't just saying this shit? And it's like, just like, after you hear it, you're like, what, what? It's almost like there, there's just not a human element to that. Cause even the dumbest 
yeah. like person still has some sort of cognizance in terms of that, or they yeah. at least acknowledge it in a way. These people are literally multi-billionaires that are running the world, running our lives, and they're just like, huh, what are you talking about? And you're like, you're stinky bits right there. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're, they're literally. And, and yeah, a lot of people will be like, oh, no, that's just it's still just conspiracy theory. Like, they'll just be like, it's conspiracy theory. And uh, well, at this like, point, they're convincing people that it is. I mean, I see, I see yeah. comments online sometimes when I when I get on there. I try to reduce the amount of time that I'm on social media at least every day. Um, but I just see people on there, the stuff they're saying, like, dude, stop with this whole conspiracy thing. You guys are tripping out. It's just this. It's just that. And it's like, dude, they're, they're getting you so desensitized to the point where when things are put right in your face, you do, you just don't believe it. Exactly. You're like, oh, this is stupid. And it's like, and that's where the gift of divine discernment comes in. And um, I say that on my website in my bio that I have divine discernment. Not everyone has divine discernment. It's not something that, you know, do I think we're all capable? I'm not sure. I think certain people are, are better at some things than others are. Um, yep. And when it comes to that divine discernment, there are people who clearly can see through it you know i being one of them and many other people we know and it's just some people it's like whether they want to or they can they're never going to see through it after it gets to a certain point i think we're pretty much reaching that point where it's like if you're still living in this like whatever shopping malls life movie theaters you know and not saying all that isn't good but if you're just going to have all this corruption all these terrible things going on you're going to ignore them and expect that we're still going to continue on attraction that's going to be successful you're delusional so, you know, we have to confront the pink elephant in the room. It's shitting everywhere and people got to start talking about these things. So, Maybe yeah, I think if that. you like that, you won't change going forward. No, 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 no. I think it's time for people to like, you know, start to just practice like being uncomfortable just a little bit. You know what I mean? Like just because uh, nothing – I think that's partially what's wrong with our society, right? Because nothing – you, you can't grow, you can't prosper, you can't thrive in like stagnation, right? When you're just sitting there in like a lump and when everything's comfortable and safe, right? Like our most growth happens when we are challenging ourselves and pushing ourselves beyond our limits, right? And I'm not saying like, you know, just get rid of modern conveniences, but it's like even just mentally, just being prepared, like, like whatever – True freedom is not being able to walk into a grocery store at any given time of day and get any sort of thing you could possibly imagine for a very small amount of money. That's not freedom. Most people think that that's what freedom is. Freedom is the ability to just have convenience. Convenience equals freedom. But people don't understand that like true freedom requires, like as they say, like a lot of responsibility. In order to truly be free, you have to fully capture every single aspect of your life and take full responsibility for every single tiny aspect of your life. Relying on a grocery store is not freedom. That's slavery, right? Relying on infrastructure is not freedom. That's slavery. And it's hard to get to a point where we're completely detached from all of these things that we depend on, but but we have to like reframe what it is that we that that freedom is, right? Like we have to reframe what in our mind, like what, what true freedom is. And, and it requires effort and it requires uh, not being comfortable basically. Absolutely. Well, that's the key. That's the key thing, Scott too, is comfortability. And yeah. so like, I, I thought about that the other day that um, as a woman, we give life and you think life starts out with pain. It starts out with you having to push out this child or, you know, however it happens and have to feel pain. You have to feel agony. You have to feel pain and go through this process. So we learn from the beginning of life of humans entering into this world that it's pain and you have to be uncomfortable to be born, which yeah. if you apply that to philosophy, that tells you, well, every time you want to be reborn as a person, you're going to have to go through pain. You're going to have to be uncomfortable. So I think through our time of a society of making ourselves so comfortable, we've gotten to that point where it's just like, we don't want to hear things that make us feel a certain way or that bother us or that hurt our feelings or things like that. When in reality, that's the only way for us to evolve uh, spiritually, <laughs> physically, mentally, all sorts of things. Yeah. I think there's a big segment of society that just need uh, to have their feelings hurt and not have like, have it be a big deal. Like that's what's, that's what's wrong with our society is people's feelings get hurt. And that has led to the complete collapse of our entire civilization is people's hurt feelings. So if you can't well, handle <laughs> hurt feelings, then I got, I got some bad news for you folks. I got some bad news for you. And so. if you're offending somebody, you know what I say? Yeah. Double down. <laughs> Double down. Exactly. It was like, yes, 100%. Yes. Exactly. Make it worse. <laughs> Make it worse. I mean, yeah, it's good. It's good for you. Be like, look, man, I'm just trying to help you because you are no use to society. If your feelings are being hurt right now, 
like you need well to just... and people often say they're like well why do you care what i do it doesn't affect anyone oh uh, yeah everything affects everything that's literally yeah. a, one of the other universal laws everything is yeah. connected so as yeah. a humanity now of course when it comes to little things do i care if you go get your hair chopped off do i care if you go and put on a certain shade of lipstick little things like that no but when it comes to your overall behavior and how you're presenting yourself and how mm. your behavior then starts affecting other people well we get to have a problem with that because then that affects our society as a whole and yeah. we all have to think about things like what kind of world do we want to live in what kind of people do we want to have around us where do we want our families to go how do we want our children to grow up if we're living in a world that has poisoned the childhood mentality that has taken our childhood from us well we certainly don't want to make it worse with all of these ridiculous ways that people are trying to choose to live their lives. So I think we're doing each other a favor and we're being real and slapping people into reality because it affects everybody at the end of the day, how one person acts, you know, and that trickles and has an effect. So I mean, I mean you I see can... these idiots that get glorified by social media, you know, and that's simply oh, yeah. what they are. Who knows what they need to help them, but they're doing nothing good for this world. They're doing nothing good for society. And I think we need to start thinking about that very yeah. heavily. I, I can agree with you on that in the sense that like I'm involved in like, you know, a few communities, a few like communities that kind of like are centered around like high morality, being trustworthy, being hardworking, right? You, you, your, your position within the community is basically reflective of how, like, if, if, like, if, if you're all of a sudden like dishonest about even a tiny little thing, like you would completely lose all of your standing, like in your community, like hundred percent. Like nobody would want to talk to you or be friends with you or anything. Right. So it's all about having high trust, high morality, being a hard worker, having something to offer and provide to the community as a whole, you know, that's, that's where I want to be. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. So, so then we hold each other accountable. Like if there's some, like a friend or somebody that you see, that's not, uh, you know, that's kind of slipping or for whatever reason, you know, you can reach out to them, talk to them, you know what I mean? And that's the sign of a good community is when we hold each other accountable and have like a cohesion around, uh, like you were saying, like, I don't care what type of lipstick you're wearing or whatever, but it's like, you know, if you're actually doing something that's going to be a detriment to our community or our society, then that affects me. That affects me directly. Right. And I'm not going to go out there and try and save society or save people as a whole, but those are people who have, kind of like that, that are engaged in the community, then it's like, you know, it's important for us to kind of hold each other to a higher standard. You know? So I yeah, mean, that's very true. Definitely. I mean, it, well, an accountability from other people is a huge part of it. You know, people are too afraid to hold each other accountable. I fear that it's seeming insulted, but my best friends, the people that are closest to me in my life are the ones that weren't afraid to tell me the truth in every, you know, in every aspect. So that, that ends up, and that's the thing is with, with integrity and uh, merit, the, there are things that settle in, right? There are certain emotions that are upfront, such as anger and sadness and happiness, things that um, like character traits, like integrity, merit, these things, they, they, they settle in. So they do take a while doing, and sometimes you might feel like a paradox or you might get imposter syndrome. Um, that's simply the old version of yourself fighting to keep itself there. So you're going to feel, you're going to feel kind of weird for a while and like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm gaining this integrity. I'm gaining this merit. And it might seem difficult. And, and sometimes it might not be cool, right? Because right now we live in a world where sometimes the cool thing is to be a douchebag. It's to be a loser. It's to be someone that has none of those things. Um, oh, yeah. And that's made popular. So it's not always going to be a good time to be the good guy. <laughs> no, and, I mean, um, it's true. That's true. Yeah, I've been on quite a journey. Myself. I wasn't, I wasn't always the good guy either. I wasn't always a good guy either. I, I went through my bad boy phase. There's no doubt about that, but I, I, and I'm very open about it on the show. You know what I mean? I've come to a, a new place in my life now, but, uh, you know, so yeah, we all have you know. to go through it. We often do oh, yeah. that too. If you don't, if you don't say that you never had, had your bad boy phase, me definitely, I'm still in my bad boy phase. <laughs> <laughs> bad boy phase. Um, I, I was going to say too, to, to comment on something of yours, yeah. um, not only is it that we need to be focused on those kind of community things, but also the spiritual. Uh, right now, we're living in this kind of um, echo chamber of biblical alterations, right? The effect the Bible is having on the world. Um, it's often making us less spiritual and less in tune with our abilities. I was actually talking to Mark on the other podcast about this, yeah. how um, people kind of who are in that religious space judge psychic abilities and um, certain things, and they don't believe psychic angles and things like that. I think it's so important that we start seeing our humanity as a gift rather than an insult. You know, I see people say humans are ruining the world. Humans are destroying the world. Humans are the world. We are what make up this entire space. And without us, 
there would be a huge rift in the world. You know, we're, we're, we're actually the main characters of the universe, so to speak, humans yeah. are. And we're much more that. complex than we think we are. We're not just these like suit skins that are walking around living this life. We are so much more multidimensional than that. And I think the more that we understand that and work towards a society to tap into that, we really like take space in that and not just see it as something like, wee-oo, wee-oo. Yeah. Um, it will, it will, in, like it'll enrich our lives. I'm using your word. Um, it'll enrich our lives and make us just so much better as a society because we're definitely not leaning into that. We're still kind of stuck on things. Like I see with the whole biblical aspect to, to the world, it's like people are just always looking for that savior complex. They're always oh, searching yeah. for the savior complex. They need a savior. You don't need a savior <laughs> and you've got to, they just don't want to do the hard work. It goes back to us talking about being uncomfortable. It's their way of avoiding that. Yep. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. Hey, speaking of bad boys, have you looked into the uh, Puff Daddy thing that's going on right now? Have you looked into that at all? Oh, I already, I already suspect. I haven't been paying much attention to it, but I already <laughs> suspect they're, um, they're, they're probably um, outing him, preparing him for something. It's some ritual they're doing. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's if, if following some sort of pattern of like he didn't pay his dues to the Illuminati this month or something. So he's getting something. Sure. They're um, embarrassing him. A humiliation ritual. You know, well, when, when well, people start well, speaking about these things, it's often a, a deeper agenda. It's not just. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Well, know, this has, this, why, why now? Why decide to expose him now? Yeah. Well, this this definitely has a different flavor because I've seen situations where that feels like, OK, this guy didn't pay his dues to the Illuminati. And so now they're going to embarrass him quote unquote, a little bit, right. But do a smear piece in the media, expose some infidelity or drug use or rehab. You know, it's like they have their ways of like making people embarrassed and just kind of jerk, jerk their chain a little bit just to get them back in line. Right. But this seems like a full blown take. Like they're basically saying he was like the Jeffrey Epstein of the music industry. Like this is huge. Apparently from what I'm gathering, like this it's is like, who's all involved in these things. They're, they're outing people, but they don't want to out anything else. It's like they're, yeah. they're you know, and then the, it's like, okay, well then start saying names, start pointing well, out. People. I mean, He's Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> I, I, I think they're naming names. Like they're saying that he Diddy was like, abusing usher since the time he was like 13 years old like like took him like like basically trafficking like abusing like kid like it's so crazy oh, like absolutely. i haven't i haven't done a full deep dive into this yet but i'm seeing like you know this is like uh there's some crazy shit going down so anyway. well i heard he had something to do with Pac. you know i've heard um I've well heard yeah yeah with his involvement in in yeah. the industry and but and that's the thing though is, is that, okay well victims become abusers you know so totally. all these people that are talking about usher getting up there i saw a little tad bit of Usher saying something on somebody posted a video. Um, well, what have you done, Usher? Yeah. You know, it's like you're, you're, you, why are you guys all outing him? Is there something, is there is a ritual? Um, he hasn't paid his dues, something like that, because you're all, you know, you all are in the same. So why are you now all turning hyenas on the one hyena? Why are you all now turning? That's yeah. what I often I get from, from these. So no, I haven't looked but into it though. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I haven't either, so I'm gonna definitely look into it. But it's it's just new breaking, uh, like just in the last couple of days. And I've always been like a big, like Biggie was always my favorite rapper for sure. And uh, like I was always questionable about Diddy. Like it seemed to enrich him quite a bit. I always thought he had something to do with it. He was behind it. So now, oh, absolutely. I mean, full they, retribution for that. They've yeah. got who knows the kind of things that those people do. But when you're at that level where you you don't even have to make music anymore, you you're not having to do much. You're just someone yeah. that's kind of a gatekeeper. Um, you definitely are high up there in terms of things that you've done. So it, it yeah. might not even be him anymore. Honestly, it could be, he could be no. far gone um, either with MK ultra or with other things, you know, that, that just gets into a whole bunch of other speculation, but yeah. and there's always something that's not right with these people. When I look at them and I see their eyes and like the way they work. Oh, yeah. So it's like, there's definitely something way, way deeper than we're seeing at the surface level. And, and honestly, too, you never know if it's like distraction because there was a Jason, um, what was it, Jason Derula thing where he it came out how many girls that he was like, you know, making have sex with him to make music. That one girl sued him. And then it just went away after a few months. Wow. And now everybody's listening to his music again. Everything's fine. So um, it's like a typical amnesia situation so who knows if this will be something that'll stick or they're just trying to flop on right now because they're doing weird ritual stuff and then in a few months yeah. it's gonna be like oh what yep wild so i don't know i don't know well uh i want to give a shout out to you guys if you go to the episode description you'll find all the links to 
the ancient ninjas awesome work uh you'll see over on the youtubes um how, do you have a rumble channel yet we need to get you make sure that you're I do. On somewhere okay I do. Good. we're just gonna make I sure you're somewhere other than youtube okay yeah. i lean into the rumble thing i haven't posted a video on youtube in years i just don't even mess with them so good luck with that but uh <laughs> yeah i mean well i'm i'm trying to finagle it but i, I am gonna you're, i think you're a little good. more focused into rumble um if you go to my website too the ancient ninja.com i have all my yeah. Uh, it's literally exactly. that, theancientninja.com. Exactly. I have my Rumble links and all that good stuff on there. Totally. So the that's like kind of the main spot where you can find all of the links to all of her stuff. Um, but I was just going to go over here to the YouTube. So you had a video here, the most recent one. It's talking about the Invisible World War, the war for the mind of man. And I thought that was so fascinating. And I kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, so now is this, so this is another document that you were, uh, you were going through basically? Yeah, yeah. So this one I found very interesting because there's this book called Operation Mind Control, which is mm -hmm. what this article is written off of. Um, the author of that is now dead. Oh, you know, surprise to that. Um, one of the people that worked on the, the article is still alive, but he's like very unfindable. Uh, I found it very interesting because Operation Mind Control is a book that just goes into and details. Basically, it's kind of like the book, The 2030 Spike, which if you haven't read that, that's a document on CIA to classify that you can go on and just put in The 2030 Spike. It's a long book that's kind of very similar about, literally it just lays out word for word all the plans that, you know, things that they've been working on, things that they've been observing, stuff like that. Um, but Operation Mind Control really goes into all of the terrible things that our government has done to us and um how it how they're all linked as a government and just their pattern over time because after something happens if it happens once you can dismiss it twice maybe something occurred but after it's a pattern um it starts to kind of make sense that it's just it's just how they work so um operation mind control they they wrote this article the invisible third world war which goes into detailing that the first two wars were physical the third war because three right that's the that's one of the big numbers because um, the trilogy is three. I mean, you have the, the Trinity is three. You have all these aspects with three, half of six, things like that. Um, numbers are kind of important when it comes to this. It's not like I wouldn't get obsessive over it. Um, mm -hmm. But so oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's the third world war. Um, and so it's the invisible one, meaning it's the whole whole idea of this book and document when they go into it. Because he in this hey, today, document, he today, today it. I just realized this today is three three. It's thirty-three. Oh my gosh, Whoa. that's so weird. That's so Whoa. weird. I just dropped this. Thirty-three. Um perfect yeah, day to so have you on. Perfect day through. to have you. There's a lot of good stuff in here that he covers a lot of aspects of the book. If you just want like a you don't want to read the whole book and you want a quick summary of it, this this uh this document's a good way to to get that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm seeing some very interesting stuff here. Now, I just, it really stood out to me because, so this is 1985. This is written again, 1985. I don't know. You know, they were really busy in 1984, apparently. So now they're <laughs> they? Yeah, they're, now they're publishing everything in 1985. But, uh, yeah. you know, this idea of, you know, we've gone from, you know, just a uh, hot kinetic war of like bullets and bombs and stuff and yeah sure there's still that going on in the world but like the overall agenda has moved towards more of uh you know capturing the minds of the people and we i mean if you haven't seen that yet in this world then i don't know where where you're where you've been but it's it's just literally just an onslaught to capture our not only our, our, our minds, but like our attention. Right. And so as long as they can, like, that's the most valuable commodity in the world right now is like people's attention. Mm -hmm. and well, it's everybody... because the observer effect, right? Have you heard yeah. of the observer effect? Of course. Effect? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We're just looking at something changes the outcome. That's why humans are so valuable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's simply our attention. That's just paying attention is fueling them. Yeah. And, and it's just so interesting how every single, I mean, whether you're, I mean, it's interesting because like even myself as a podcaster, like I'm trying to get people's attention. I'm trying to get people to sit down and well, listen to or watch a, a video for an hour, an hour and a half. They're doing it like, for the light though, right? They're no, doing it for the darkness. They, there's, no. And that's the, that's how it works. That's the chess game of life. You're getting attention for the light. They're getting attention for the darkness. 
Yeah. It's that parallel that's going on. And um, to kind of your point, you saying like just kind of everything you just said, I mean, when it comes to the whole mind game, it's it, it, I earlier I said like the awakening was written. Uh, that's why there's different ages. We know the age of Aquarius, people can say the, um, the digital age, there's many names for it, but they knew that this time would come where no matter what people were going to start getting more aware, they were going to start essentially waking up to their own divinity, awakening the ancient. Um, you yeah. can't keep that stuff buried for too long, which is why I think when it comes to these time markers on here, we see 1985, we have to realize that uh, time has been tampered with as well. There's uh, many books written on this, on how um, the chronology, the chronology, the chronology, I'm not good with words that end in ology. I don't know. Yeah. I think it might be the yeah. Southern twang. Um, but the chronology of time, everything has been messed up. So often people think that we lost a bunch of time, um, that things aren't as far back as they say they are, you know, they aren't as ancient as they say they are. And that we've just been for the past couple hundred years being put in this like gigantic slumber. Um, so they knew eventually they couldn't keep, they can't keep us boys down for too long. You know what I mean? No. Like they, just, they can't exactly. keep us boys down. They can try as hard as they can, but eventually you're going to start hearing. And if you're a psychic, you know what I'm saying in this, you, you start hearing the spirit, you start hearing the higher self, you start getting these feelings, getting these sensations, getting these connections, tapping in, um, no matter what that's going to happen, even after they've been poisoning us, shooting us with microwaves, poisoning our water, coming at us from every angle, we still prevail because they knew it was going to happen. So that's why the third world war had to be mental. It had to be something that mm -hmm. they got our minds and really took our minds because that is essentially their last chance to really keep us down. And they've, they've been doing a good job at it and they have so many angles that they do it at. I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane how subtle it is, how in your face it is. It's like the two extremes of it. So yeah. Yeah. And, and it kind of brings wild. us back. It kind of brings us back to where we like first started this conversation where it's like they've propped up and um, made mental illness or like, you know, cognitive impairment being like this virtuous thing to strive for. Yet people who have maybe psychic abilities or people who have like a like a higher state of consciousness or are more tuned in that has been demonized and vilified even though it's proven that they are deeply invested in that research in in the psychic realm and in all these things and so um like uh and it's like so they're they're trying to figure out how to weaponize it how to how to take you know these, these glorious psychic abilities that humans are innately uh born with and some people have different degrees of it. I, I talked to a psychic recently on a show and that was one of the questions I asked. I like, do all people have like psychic abilities? She's like, yes, they just need to learn how to nurture and grow and, and tap into them and have it more readily accessible. Mm -hmm. Right. So, well, so, yeah. 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 Well, I have a document I read on my channel. Um, one of the other ones that talk about how actually a lot of people they tested on were people that weren't psychics by nature. It was just easy for them. They actually, purposely would test on people who had no known psychic abilities or who, cause there are just some people who are naturally more tapped in. Um, and there are people that actually really have to try. And so they would get to the people who really had to try and they go through these tests with them. And it shows that they too can get to that same level of your average psychic who is naturally attuned to it and they can just do it on their own. So yeah, it's not exclusive. Um, we're all good. We're all, some of us are better at different things. Like for me, I'm a dreamer. I have many, many insane dreams. I like to say that I like have like, st like stock in the dream realms because I have like such ability there. Um, and well, the document we went over earlier, we kind of like got in a conversation, but, um, I read you this part and I want to read it to your viewers. Sure, um, when it comes to this stuff, we have to realize, like you said, they have, so in-depthly research this stuff that they have proven psychic abilities so that we live in a society that tries to be like psychic abilities that's so silly you know oh oh you can be a guy in a dress but you definitely can't be somebody that like can read thoughts you know um and so it's like it's so twisted in that kind of that kind of way and uh, you get bullied like bullied growing up i got bullied for a lot of things and i would know and people are like how do you know that weirdo you know Things like that. But so in the document we talked about earlier, the one that is superpowers said studying psychic phenomena for military use, they actually were trying to learn how they could use these psychics as a weapon. And so we talked about the beam where they would extract energy from the brain. So this is a line that when I read it, I was like, holy shite. Um, yeah. Much Soviet research described in the report deals with the theory that psychic abilities stem from a form of brain energy that can be identified. 
Soviet scientists have developed a machine they say can extract energy from the brain and report that flies exposed to a beam of such energy died instantly. So the energy they would take from a psychic who is very powerful, very tapped in, or even just a psychic, a normal everyday psychic, both, you know, on both ends, their brain energy would actually be so bright and so powerful that it would kill flies and expose to it. And they have mechanisms yeah. to control this and keep that energy in that form. So this is stuff that they're like doing experiments on, which is why children are a big part of the trafficking mm -hmm. industry because children are the most purest and they're the ability yeah. to tap in. That's when we've been unharmed by all the traumas that are coming at us from the ancient shadow and all the terrible things that are trying to get us all the time. Um, we often lose that, you know, growing up, like we discussed earlier. So that's why children are a big thing because they can get these children like stranger things based on a true story. I mean, yeah. they were taking children on trip and they were testing the psychic abilities of children to see like, are you more psychic? Or are you not? You know, you'll have some kids that are like, they can see the dead quote unquote, which is what, that's a whole other conversation. Um, kids that just have different memories and different things that they explore. And what we do is we then put them on pharmaceuticals, inject them <laughs> with a bunch of stuff um, and tell them they're crazy and send them on their way, which makes it even worse. So it's just crazy to read this document and to see that they literally can prove that you're a psychic just by looking at your brain and you have a certain form of matter and energy. And I'm sure with more power, that energy gets more powerful. So that's why they're training these psychics and they have these training facilities where they train psychics and make them better because yeah. um, they're harvesting. They're literally harvesting that energy from them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. And there's movies, they make movies about that. What was that one that, uh, the man who talks to goats or something like that. Have you seen that movie? I think that was like a Coen brothers movie. Uh -uh. Um, men who speak with goats or something like that. It's all about like the CIA uh, mind control experimentation where they're like the psychic, the psychic experimentation. I think I, I feel like I saw it back in the day. I think it's got like George Clooney and Matt Damon. Like it's like a pretty mainstream movie. Um, let me see if I can find a menu talk with. Well, goats. you know, I have a theory um, as to why uh, harvesting psychic energy is oh, a man, big deal scary. for them. Um, it, because they um so when it comes to the ancient shadow which is basically an ancient ai mechanism um it's almost like the the whole satanic theme right that um because i believe satan isn't a person it's a it's more so like a collective consciousness and energy that's been formed over time um so that it can't see into the spiritual realm it can't um be spiritual or, or be tapped in like we are so it's the classic villain move extract the energy from the the vic you know the psychic and then put it in yourself yeah. so you can then use it and you can then you can tap in and now you can see things and you can connect on the ways that you couldn't do organically interesting interesting okay so in your analysis of ancient texts up through today like I, this just popped in my head so we know that like like when you read the bible you read like some of um so it's, I've actually been listening to the New Testament on audiobook just because I'm very curious. I want to learn about the, like the teachings of Jesus. I want to learn the parables. I want to learn some of the wisdom and the gravy that's in there, right? You know what I mean? Like I've never like fully identified as a Christian, but I, like it was really heavy on my heart to really kind of understand that stuff, right? And so I've been going through the New Testament. I'm on like what am I on Luke? I think I'm on Luke. I'm not too far in, but whatever. It's good stuff. It's interesting stuff. And I've looked a little bit into like some of the uh, Old Testament stuff. And there's some dark, crazy shit in there. Like it's it's uh like like in other words, what I'm trying to say is that evil has always existed in the universe, in our world, in our in our realm, right? And evil has always existed. And obviously, light has always and and, and good has always existed. Do you feel like over time? Just within our tiny little sliver that humans have been around and and been interacting with good and evil, because like you know, according to the Bible, like Lucifer, Satan was uh, you know in response to to man, right? Like like it's like a lot of, like there's a lot of correlation between you know like like Satan used to be like an angel and then he was cast down and like like he's jealous of what we have, like like he's like a jealous little beta male that's jealous of what humans have right and is trying to cause all this like suffering and everything around on us right and so so as time has gone on and like humans have spent time interacting with evil and 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 some are captured by it and some resist it right again same same with good more humans have like uh maybe ventured a little bit too close to satan or evil and then you know withdrawn and become like just unrepent like un unwaveringly good right you know and so it's like we have different interactions with good and evil over time do you feel like the nature of good and evil has changed over time in response to 
our interaction with it? Or do you think it's always like a, like, like just, it's, it always is what it is. And it's because like, what I mean is like going back to like the old Testament, like it's like, to me, there's stuff in there that's like evil beyond what's even evil today. Mm -hmm. Like, like just beyond what we could comprehend as evil. Right. So is evil always the same? Is it just like this static force that is just always there or has it become more evil? Or is there a way that we can diminish it and make it less mm -hmm. evil because we, and that's well, the nature of reality is there always has to be good and evil. It always is going to be there, but mm -hmm. are, is there a way to, to, to fight it? Or is there a way to diminish it or, well, or do you, so, what are your thoughts on that? So I, I do definitely believe that wisdom has um, been mistranslated through the game of telephone, which is life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So often through these translations of the Bible, and there are many versions of the New Testament, um, there is a lot of translation flaws. There's a lot of putting things in there because it feels right. Um, when the Bible was assembled, it wasn't assembled by people that were unbiased. I tell you surely that. Oh, yeah. So there are a lot of things left out and not put in there. When it comes to the Old Testament, um, through my findings, I truly believe that the God in the Old Testament and the God in the New Testament is not the same God. Um, I believe the Old Testament is featuring the ancient shadow, that there's a lot of the mechanism that has been working against humanity is glorified as God. Um, because back then, especially in those times, many things were God, right? There was many ideas and um, perspectives of what a God was. So certainly when we say the term God, we don't necessarily know if who or what it's referring to. Now, when we look at the New Testament, we see that it's a lot of the teachings of Christ. Um, there is a lot of Christ that is lost. There were the 18 years of his of Christ being lost that we that aren't accounted for. There are a lot of different stories of Christ that are put out there or pushed. Now, if we go by the New Testament and certain things that he said, when we hear him speak of the God he's praying to, it certainly does not seem like the same one as before. Um, and I've heard people, you know, say, well, God, well, Christ said in, in one of the Bibles that everything from the old Bible is, you know, there's a there's a quote about him quoting the old Bible. Well, Jesus talked in parables. Christ talked in parables, more so Jesus, because Christ and Jesus are, it's like you and your higher self, yeah. um, essentially. But he talked in many parables, so we can't think that everything he said, one, is being sent to us, right, because we know there's a lot of corruption around Christ. So when it comes to Christ, like I said in Mark's, uh, Mark's podcast, we can't see him as a religious figure. We must see him as a historic one. Uh, so there's going to be many, many misinterpretations as to what he said, many people putting things in his mouth and things like that. Um, that's when we kind of have to look into ourselves and tap into that Christ pattern, and uh, which is what we can access. We can access the same uh, mechanism he was, which he you know, said over and over again. That's quoted many times him saying from different people, you two can be like this. So we got to kind of take things with the Bible with a grain of salt. Now, do I think, um, and it is also a key though. That's why I said the Bible, it's, it's like water reading. It is like silk. It's like, you know, um, Greek philosophy. You're like, wow, there's just so many incredible things here. And it always hits in different ways, which is what I think is such a, a good ability to prove how Christ works. Because even though the Bible has been tampered with, we still get so much from it. Do I think that evil and good has changed? I think that they're only change, the only um, things that we can count on in life are choices and change. You're always going to have choices and there will always be change. Do I think good and evil necessarily uh, evolve into something different? No, because when we look at vibrational scales of emotions, things like hurting, pain, um, lying, cheating, all those bad things, they're always going to have that effect that they have. They're always going to vibrate lower and happiness, love, you know, harmony, truth, merit, all those things are always going to prevail higher. So that's when we start tapping into that, the universal laws and the things that are and will always be. Um, now, the angles of good and evil have changed. Like, for example, now good is almost having to work through a, um, a tunnel that might seem malicious in a sense, um, trying to, I guess I wouldn't say win because there is no winning or losing, but now we're seeing the game played a little bit differently. We're getting to that oh, yeah. part of the chess game when like you both only have like two pieces left, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, this dance is starting uh, to get, I'm going to have to start getting a little, a little thoughtful little on this. So yeah, I don't know if that necessarily answers your question, but that's no, I love that when it comes to the Bible, I won't, I won't like back down on my thoughts of it just because from all my findings, especially the secret book of John, if you ever have time, it's literally like 
10 pages. Um, it's, it's deemed Gnosticism. A lot of people will say it's not, shouldn't be part of the Bible, but it too is an ancient text because we have to remember all these things are still ancient texts. They're just chosen by people. We say that's right. We say that's not right. Because like I mentioned earlier, Christ is used as a weapon. That's why you have the Jesuits, the uh, Christ of Latter-day Saints. You have all these people that use Christ as a weapon, wearing the, oh, you yeah. know, the cross, all that kind of stuff. Um, but when it comes to the Bible and, and kind of getting into that, I won't back down on my thoughts of that. Because there, it, the secret book of John, like I was saying in it, there's a part where he's talking to John. Because John is saying he's talking to Christ, that Christ appeared to him. And that Christ, Christ said, you know... Um, and I told the serpent to tell them. And he was like, wait, I thought the serpent told them to eat. And he was like, like I was saying, I told them to eat. Mm -hmm. And so he is saying that in the garden, he was actually the serpent. And that the garden, and I go into in one of my videos, I talk about the Garden of Eden. It was actually a prison because humans were being tested on. That's when this now goes into the theory of Sanskrit of the Anunnaki. And this gets into many other theories that then, like I said earlier, tie into biblical text. And so you start to say, were humans an experiment very early on where we adapted from other things? Was this garden essentially a laboratory of some sorts? And the serpent was actually Christ coming in because think about it. He said, you will, you will surely not die. When you open your eyes, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. If we're in a prison trapped with these evil people that are trying to manipulate us, of course, they don't want us to know like God. Of course, they don't want us to be enlightened. It's a good thing we got enlightened. Enlightenment is not sin. So, you know, I don't think looking at it like, oh, well, we ate the apple and we, you know, well, that kind of seems like a good thing to me. What if we were being in prison? So you look at these, these certain texts and when you look at the Bible and how it's been assembled and pushed out into society, it's definitely a control mechanism. Um, so there's a lot to go into there. That would be a whole nother podcast. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. And I'm always, I'm always curious about that too, because like, okay, so who, which version of the Bible is the right one? I mean, who knows? You know what I mean? I think it's just, again, like you said, take it with a grain of sand and just kind of the overall lessons that are kind of in there. But again, it is probably one of the most controlled and used instruments for power and control, like in history. So it's like, that's, that's, I automatically am like, you know, my conspiracy brain is just like, okay, yeah, but I mean, I you know, know, it's like Assassin's know. Creed says, um, nothing is true. Everything is permitted, there right? Because there's, there's one, um, there's one real truth. And then there's just a bunch of different perspectives because truth can always be true for different people at different times in many different ways. Yeah. Um, so it's, you have to really get down to be not believing everything. I wouldn't say believe all things, but you've got to be open. And if you're going to be somebody that wants to stand firmly saying, no, the Bible wasn't all for this and that, well, you have got to be ready to go head to head with people that have done their research. Um, because often I find the people that are dying on that hill to defend their beliefs haven't even really dove into them. Yeah. Um, they're very surface level at them. And the people that have are way more open-minded because they have done so much research. They're like, well, I mean, there's a lot of logic to a lot of these things. And it's not, I don't think, as simple as X, Y, and Z. Um, like I had a friend that, you know, was posting the other day about biblical prophecies being uh, fulfilled. And I, I, I want to do a video on this because I think, one, it's important we look at our timeline. Are we on the correct timeline? How can we compare a timeline to what's happening if a lot of our time has been lost, which means we can't really make these numbers add up? Um, and they like using numbers against us. That's why Western oh, yeah. astrology has become so popular. They want you to be number obsessed. They want you to see 222 or 333 and lose your mind because then they can push these biblical prophecies on you like they want. That's why the church controls a, a large portion of everything. Um, the Vatican is a huge, huge player in this component because they're certainly trying to use your own divine ability against you. Um, and the Bible is a good way of doing that. Amen. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Amen. Totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. Well, so much good stuff here. I mean, um, is there anything else you want to make sure to leave with the audience here as we're kind of winding down? No, you know, just check out my website, okay. theancientninja.com. I know I keep telling Perfect. you guys that I'm going to be putting out more videos. I am. I have so much good information. I've already had a lot of people message me and have really deep, meaningful conversations with me. And I think that um, I've helped a couple of minds evolve. And that's really what it's about at the end of the day. Um, I, you know, it's not about change, changing your mind necessarily. I know that's a big thing, change my mind. Um, it's about evolving your thought process and the way you see things um, because you're always going to, you're always going to have thoughts and uh, you have to realize those have their own consciousness as well. So mm -hmm. you got a lot of, you got a lot of discerning to do, especially if you're more naturally psychically inclined. 
Um, and that's something else I would like to say. I really, really want to start talking about psychic abilities more and encouraging people to tap into theirs. I think that can help all of us um, because the government and all the people that are in power are certainly tapping into ours and they're using us as basically their own little drug hit. Um, so yeah, pretty much, pretty much that. And I'm really, I'm really thankful you brought me on. It's been a great talk. I feel like we could talk yeah. for hours, um, which totally. we have. Me and you have gotten into like so many, oh, yeah. so many talks. So yeah. Exactly. So well, we'll have to have you on back again. Um, absolutely. Um, and we'll just keep keep exposing it and keep uh, keep bringing the light. I mean, that's what it is. You know what I mean? I think we always have to maybe be mindful of that. Like, yeah, we're talking about dark topics, but we always have to be mindful of like we're here as the light light the light the people that are bringing the light not like the the lucifer type light bearer bringer <laughs> type but like we are bringing the true light we are bringing the true uh goodness back into the world we're trying to uh i was gonna say inject goodness back no we're not injecting anything. we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to just you guys know what i'm saying i'm not trying to talk about yeah okay I'm just kidding all right like he's All turning right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah look i'm just trying to vaccinate everybody with good I'm just trying to vaccinate Goodness. you with wisdom, bro. With wisdom, yes. <laughs> vaccinate you with wisdom. That's it. So, all right. So, uh, agentninja.com. Make sure you go support. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. And then I was going to say over on Instagram, make sure you give her a follow at the Agent Ninja on Instagram. Again, all the links are below in the episode description. So, um, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we'll have to catch up again soon. Yeah. I love and, you. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yep. Thank you. And I got an episode on Thursday, you guys, with, um, let me see. Who do we have? Oh, let's see. We've got an episode with Anthony Samaroff, returning and uh, returning champion Anthony Anthony Samaroff, who is one of the heads of TerrainScience.com. I think we're going to be talking about a different topic rather than terrain theory, but we might be able to get into that as well. So, catch you on Thursday. And until then, uh, what what's your sign off? What's your sign off? Hey, as always, keep it pointy. Keep it pointy. Such a freaking <laughs> good sign off. All right, guys.